You're listening to Modded. And on today's episode, we have the one and the only Houston famous, locally famous John P, owner of the Rice Box, uh, person that you hear many stories about, including one that we heard recently from our buddy JT, but we'll get into that later. But I want to know where it all started for you. Are you a Houston native? Uh, born, and, born and raised in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, let's back up. I don't know about... Famous is super, like, no. Hell no. Everybody knows who you are. And we, you know, when you're... and it, Like, I'm one of, like, several people in Houston that have just been around for a long time and never really left kind of the, the passion of Japanese uh, cartooning. And this is such a tight-knit community anyway that you know one, you know them all, right? So... No famous, but definitely been around for a long time, and uh, I continue to rice pretty hard. So, yeah. Well, going into rice, let's start with what is your definition of rice? Well, because it's negative and positive, it's a sign of yeah. respect, like, or it's a matter of respect and pride to some people. Yeah. Uh, so, and for the respect and pride part, right? Like, uh, you know, I like to tell people just just take it easy. You don't need to take any offense to it. Um, I think that. Rice generally in, encompasses all of Japanese tuning, right? And people will be like, oh, well, you know, I build this time attack, you know, uh, like oriented car and it's not rice, right? Well, of course, yeah. It's not rice by definition that has been totally like slapsticked and thrown around the internet, right? Uh, uh, but, uh, but you know, it is Japanese tuning. And if you go talk to a guy who's tracking a, you know, fully blown 427, uh, you know, C6 Z06 on track, right? It's gonna be like, you know, get that rice off the track. Or, you know, look at that rice over there. Even if your car is super clean and a nice build, it's gonna call it rice. Why? This is a Japanese car, mm -hmm. right? The whole entire term was coined from rice burners, AKA uh, old, Japanese motorcycles in the uh, 60s and 70s. That's where the term came from in general. And then everything associated with Japanese automotive tuning uh, from the uh, from the domestic uh, uh, tuner uh, would have been rice or rice burner. And then now we just coin it as a car that is built with no taste. But might I remind you that we all started there, right? It's just like, you know, lack of education or lack of knowing, right? Uh, lack of funds, right? You're like trying to achieve a certain look and you're trying your damnedest, right? And you're poking and prodding and pulling and building and poking and prodding and building and you could be in the midst of a, well, basically your vision of your product and some people are jiving and some people are not. And uh, that's the beauty about cars, right? It's uh, totally subjective and you know, you're building for yourself and not other people. And it's like an extension of your personality, but we'll get to that a little bit later, right? Right, well, what got you into Japanese tuning? And in I, general? Yeah, because I know that you, did you start out with the Integra? No, I did not. So I actually, my first truck, my first car was an Isuzu pickup that my dad gave me. And uh, I wrecked it about three months in, but I love to go fast. Like I always loved going fast, I grew up watching Magnum PI, Knight Rider, that's just like my generation, right? Like, you know, um, a lot of anime, a lot of, holy shit, look at that old Mayday Garage shirt. Hell yeah, oh my God, yes! Whoa, well, we'll get to this person later. Uh, Blast from Japan, 
Evan Bellis, holy shit. God damn, hell yeah. Welcome back to the States, brother. Yes, sir. We'll talk in a bit. Dude, OG right there. Okay, so anyway, we're talking uh, uh, we're talking about first car, Suzu pickup, wrecked it, um, totaled it. Actually, it got totaled. Uh, someone ran into me. But second car was a Chevy S10. So I was hanging around a lot of like mini trucking dudes at the time and uh, definitely into speed. Mine was slammed uh, on uh, centerline specialties, uh, you know, shaved it, uh, looking really good. My dreams at the time was gonna put, you know, a 383 stroker motor in there and a light Chevy S10. It would have been badass. That build to this day would still be badass and I will do that eventually. <clears throat> but six tickets, six wrecks, first year of driving. Parents took away the truck and what did they give me? A 1996 AE-101 Forest Green Toyota Corolla. Five-speed motherfuckers. Super, super cool car. Uh, I loved it. I had, a, I had a real soft spot for Toyota at the time because this is 98, uh, 98, 99, and I was starting to get into what was launching around that time, Initial D, right? And drifting and, uh, you know, like everything else that was like flooding out of Japan at the time, right? So uh, the AE-101 was my first racer car. At the time, they didn't make really any parts for it, so there was a lot of swap parts between Civics. Um, and this is also when, uh, and there was no real parts for it, right? So, you know, at the time, first knockoff exhaust, was, you know, one of the first knockoff brands was Focus, F-O-C-U-Z. Uh, I had a Focus Apex M1 exhaust style exhaust with a pinch bent, like uh, pinch bent uh, exhaust. And then, you know, of course, you know, it's tilted at an angle in the back, just like the Apex M1, right? Uh, it was hilarious. Cut springs, slammed. Uh, first wheels I had for it, aftermarket wheels were Racing Heart Type C three piece. Uh, ended up bending two of those, right? Didn't know anything about fitment at the time. Totally wrecked my rear fenders on that, you know. Uh, but, you know, they looked really cool at the time. And that was like the hot shit in the late 90s was racing hard type Cs. And uh, I was two total racer, so I bent two of them. And see you guys. Have a good night. Bye. Uh, I bent two of them, so I'm rolling with two in the rear. I'm running a rake, right? And guess what wheels I had in the front? GSR Fat Fives, right? Because we had the same, same lug pattern. And I ended up selling all the racing hard type C's, right? And these are the badass type C's, mind you, with the rivets and, you know, the center locking, uh, super cool, uh, and uh, 17s. And uh, got rid of those. And uh, then I just went, uh, just went for GSR Fat Fives all the way around and kept it slammed. And then after that car, uh, after I sold that and totally riced it out, white outs, et cetera, et cetera, which was the hot shit then, uh, I ended up getting my first quickish car to build, which was the uh, 1995 Acura Integra GSR. Uh, and then it all kind of like street racing started, started there. That's what we heard from yeah. a few different sources. They said back in the day, you were really heavy into racing. In fact, racing some of their family members and friends. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into that? Uh, funny story, right? So, um, and this is where kind of like the world like comes full turn or full circle. So I knew nothing. At this time, I was like literally a racer. You know, I was that dude that I just wanted to drive fast, didn't know shit about like what I'm building or this and that. You just like go to a magazine, you start buying parts, right? 
what are the first things you buy? Clutch, intake, blah, blah, blah. I was running um, an ECT, I can't remember what clutch I was running at the time. Uh, well, it was just like wrong clutch, right? And I'm, one night I'm at the track, I'm at Baytown running solid 15 second quarter miles, hot shit. Uh, and uh, I'm on the third pass, I'm sitting there and I'm revving it up. And I go to launch, detonate my transmission, spider crack my whole entire uh, uh, housing. And I'm sitting there, oh, and I uh, broke one of my axles in the front at the, at, the, at the launch, at the line, right? And I'm rolling it off and uh, a guy who offered to help me was uh, a gentleman by the name of Hui Tran who owns Inline Racing. And this is, you know, back in 2000, right? And uh, Hui's out there with this drag CRX with a cut plexiglass hood ultra rice but at the time it was super badass air horn in the front uh he's running like a high compression b16 he's running i don't know what the hell he's running at the time 12s 11s i think he's running 11s this is a very quick car right and so uh he offered to tow my car to his shop right and this is where uh i kind of learned a little bit more than what i knew before right because obviously i have to fix his car right and he kind of gives me a quick rundown based on his experience at the time and based on my experience at the time. And he does, you know, we do a, a mild build to the car. We uh, end up putting a uh, Type R trainee, uh, different final gear, um, solid motor mounts, the chipped, uh, uh, chipped P28 out of his drag car, uh, the OBD1, and we put that in the GSR, just did full maintenance on it, and it became a really good, totally gutted it. I was single at the time, you know, uh, wasn't wasn't really good with the ladies. Uh, you Were know, you going to cars. school at the time? Oh, hell yeah, I was going to school. So what I did was to fund this build, I took out a student loan to, to build to build this car, which was hilarious, right? I was at UH at the time. And uh, we definitely got uh, in a bit of trouble, a lot of racing, a lot of racing on Westheimer, a lot of racing on Britmore, got cuffed at Britmore, uh, wasn't sent to jail, but, uh, but yeah, I got, got uh, in trouble out there in the midst of a helicopter raid one night uh, in the midst of some street racing. A lot of fun. I had a lot of fun racing with Hui because uh, Hui was, was and still is a very, 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 very true to the street hardcore builder. He's like, hey, man, fuck it. You want to go fast? Let's go fast, right? Like bar none, ball, balls out. That's how he builds cars. And it's a lot of fun. There are a lot of guys out, out there like that in Houston because... Well, Houston's the land of speed, and if you want to compete as a quote-unquote ricer, right, you got to go, you got to go all out. Now Hui's building super high horsepower, super quick uh, um, uh, Evos and DSMs, and, you know, he's done some GTRs too. Uh, but what's even crazier is now with my NSX, he's doing my pretty, pretty wild-ass uh, high compression in a J-series build, uh, which we're super excited about. So... Anyway, that's kind of how, you know, the evolution. I mean, there was a couple of cars in between the GSR and the NSX. You know, now I had a S13 coupe. Uh, thought I was going to want to go into drift. Did a twin cam KA swap on there. And uh, at the time, I really didn't have the funds for it. Parents were making me go back to school. I ended up getting a Tacoma after that. Fell in love with Tacomas. Uh, and didn't really build anything for a while. I had a GS300 hammered on bronze T37, champagne on bronze, sick color combination. Uh, and, you know, all through that time I was throwing events and everything, but I'm really building cars. But now, you know, of course, it's intersects. So it's a little side tangent there on the cars. But, well, where yeah. where in all that history did Mady Garage start? 
Yeah, so uh, so a little bit, like if we go back to the history of, you know, what I've kind of been involved in in the Houston community. Um, there, guys. See you next week. Uh, uh, how things kind of started was throwing events in uh, 2002-2003 uh, at a coffee shop that I was running at the time called T-Works. And we're in the midst of expansion. I moved to the north side to open the second store. And, uh, and we started hosting organized events there that were so full tilt, you know, that we had to literally permit them, right? And it was literally organized madness. And organized madness is really cool because people can come to your event and because it's sanctioned and the cops are there watching it for the most part, right? It gives people the opportunity to go to an atmosphere uh, and a place that they're not worried about getting arrested, which was really important at the time because you know there were a lot of raids going on, et cetera, et cetera. And it really was just a unique kind of special place. And you know, started doing events there, and eventually ended up doing some collaborative events uh, with uh, the guys who owned Planet Zero, uh, which was a Japanese arcade. Uh, ended up doing a couple car shows called Import Reactor. No longer do those anymore. Uh, they're still affiliated with. Um, with uh, you know the Planet Zero guys turned into uh, uh, anime convention called Anime Matsuri, uh, but I'm not you know we're busy with the Rice Box now, so no longer can do that. But during this duration, uh, you know, throwing a lot of street meets and events and stuff like that, I was super passionate about putting Houston on the map, right? And I always have been. Everything, coffee, food, whatever it is I've been involved with, I've always been super passionate about Houston, putting Houston on the map. So. Um, during this duration, uh, there was, as I was throwing events, I wanted to create kind of like this underground event entity where we would throw these huge, mega massive underground events. And I really didn't have a name for it at the time. And uh, the name Mayday popped up. And uh, it was between me and a couple guys. And uh, Mayday, the name Mayday was actually, I'm super into electronic music. And the name was coined after uh, the Mayday uh, Mayday events that happened over in Germany uh, that were like, it, it was a 90s techno electronic party rave thing. And uh, of course, Mayday, Mayday, like total madness, explosion, blah, blah, blah. And every single chaos like event that we would throw, mm -hmm. uh, the name Mayday just felt right, right? So we threw an event called Mayday Night Junction, which was a huge success. And it was a very cool underground car meet underneath a building off of I-10 and uh, a lot of people like the scene the Houston community scene thing whatever the hell you want to call it I hate that word scene uh, but uh, the car community at that time was really budding there's a lot of action going on uh, and it's a really special event a lot of guys that are my age now that are no longer in cars were totally into it at the time there's some super sick builds uh, there's a local group called refined elegance you guys may have heard of them Refined Elegance at that time had some super peak builds. Uh, nice, uh, you know, uh, specifically Anise's, I mean, like all the guys, right? All their cars were super ahead of their time. Like, not ahead of their time in Japan, but they were like right there with Japan at the time. So, their VIP builds back then, if they were around today, would just be crushing. Like, but this was in 2008. I mean, and those builds actually were built in 2006, right? So like this is now 12, 13 years ago, they had these builds. I mean, way ahead of the game. I mean, super, super, super cool builds. Uh, it was just a real special time for the beat. So for the meet, so it propelled. 
But no matter how big the meats got, no matter how big and badass they were, we could never reach the outside, right? So at that time, this was the dawn of the blog wars, right? Everybody launching off. At that time, Speed Hunters was launching. Uh, some other people were launching as well, like side projects. And uh, myself and a couple other guys, uh, they're still around the Houston community, we started the blog project Mayday Garage. And that's where the popularity of Mayday came from. And that was kind of like our way of shining light on uh, what was going on in Houston, but in our own, our own, uh, kind of like our own perspective, you know, of the hardcore street tuner. Uh, myself, uh, there was, uh, of course, um, you know, David Doe at the time, that was like a primary writer. Uh, you know, so Mayday was the entity that started, Mayday Garage was the blog extension, uh, you know, where we housed everything on the internet. And uh, there was, you know, uh, David Doe was, uh, you know, definitely, you know, primary, primary blogger, you know, and just like real good at conveying a lot of information. Uh, there was Pretty Boy Mikey, right? Um, you know, it was like uh, Mikey was, uh, <laughs> dude, we had, we had a lot of just fucking fantastic times, right? Uh, you know, there was, there was Dan, uh, Fan, of course, uh, still around. Uh, you know, we had Kim Pham, Andrew Mackhack, you know, Mark Manalo, Princeton Wong, um, Danny Barber, uh, uh, you know, uh, God, we had, oh, Jesus, like, there's so many uh, of us, and this is, this is the last, by the way, there's round two of us doing the blog, and last time, I couldn't even remember, there was Newton as well, Newton Lou, do you guys remember Newton Lou? Mm. Dude, Newton was, like, doing our uh, videography, right, and we had a lot of collaborative, collaborative, you know, partners, too, you know, Justin Rogers is an extension of Mayday as well, you guys know who Justin Rogers is? I'm not familiar. Oh, dude, Night Parade, so Night Parade is, you know what, I'm on a rant here. We should, we should let, I'm gonna continue to go on this. But anyway, just to make a long story short, Mayday started the blog, right? Gained, we were the largest local blog, right? Gained tremendous, tremendous momentum because of the timing. We were pumping out super awesome content. We did some really exciting stuff. Collaborated with a lot of really cool people. Stanceworks, did some stuff with uh, uh, Speed Hunters as well. We've done, we've done a lot of really, really interesting projects. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, several years at Mayday Garage, you know, I started Ricebox, uh, shortly thereafter and my focus went to Ricebox and, uh, Mayday had a split and part of Mayday went to go start another blog project that sells parts and, uh, you know, Mayday itself is just back to Mayday, which is Houston, right? And events and we do one, two events a year, keep it chill post random bullshit on the internet because we don't care because cars are, you know, super ultra big passion of ours. And uh, that's it, man. You know, it's, uh, that's it. So that's like the five minute, I don't know, it's probably a seven minute rant of Mayday. And there's like a million other things, you know, I could talk about with it, but you know, that's, that's it. Mom. Well, you started on with the rice box and yeah. then the happening started of yeah. Rice or Wednesdays. Yeah, Rice so or Wednesdays, yeah. That. Because yeah. that became notorious in yeah. the Houston area. Yeah, so, so Ricer Wednesdays uh, is a formula. Like, it is an extension. The style, Ricer Wednesdays is the style of what was going on at T-Works in 2002, 2003, right? So Mini Garage Project was 100% uh, was cars. But the cool thing about having a hybrid entity that is involved with cars and, uh, and food or drinks or anything like that 
it's a multi-dimensional atmosphere that everybody can relate to and engage with, which makes it a lot of fun. And there's something really special about Ricer Wednesdays, right? Uh, because we're on the street in the food truck, right? And cars are around us. So we're embodying this total street, edgy atmosphere in Montrose, Houston, which is the all-inclusive neighborhood. And it's already sketch as hell anyway, because it's super tight and close quartered. And we're trying to squeeze in a million cars, right? And uh, yeah, it just, it just made it really special. And it propelled uh, like, you know, over time. And it was really exciting because uh, it's no secret that I'm ultra passionate about cars, right? Uh, and it's a blessing to be able to integrate cars into another passion of mine, which is Chinese food and Japanese architecture and science fiction culture and uh, being able to provide a food at a price point that everybody can enjoy and an atmosphere that we don't have to worry about cops coming to bust us up, you know, because, well, it's my spot and <laughs> everybody can come here and it's like, it's like a rice or haven, like, you know, in every single rice box that, like, will open in the future, no matter where, no matter when, you know, will always be uh, uh, kind of like, uh, have this degree of automotive influence. In fact, my, my, my architect, is a um, is a uh, is a huge car guy. He's a Formula One every year, um, and um, uh, he also races Formula Ford, right? So, and he's my architect. So it's it's it's, it's pretty interesting, you know. And and that's the and I think at the end of the day, what the most special thing is about cars, no matter what, no matter what, where, you know, who, right? Cars touch like everybody. You know, it's not just the car itself, it's a piece of art, right? Now, everybody can go up to a Ferrari F40 and be like, this is one of the most beautiful things ever created, right? It's so much more than just the car, right? That's what's special about tuning, right? Is that you take a Toyota Corolla, an AE101, right? Or a Camry, right? And, you know, imagine a Corolla, an AE101, and if someone just like, you know, ripped out that 5S FE, whatever the hell that, piece of crap motor is in there and you can put in a 4 GZE, you know, some flares, some aggressive TE37s, meaty, meaty tires, cage, four buckets, deep corn steering wheel, right? Four, 450 horsepower, put in a 3S GT, 700 horsepower, do all wheel drive conversion on it out of a Corolla. But what's crazy is you're gonna be whooping everybody's ass on the street and guess what? You only spend 30 grand, right? Actually that build will probably cost you more like 40, but the thing is, because you're gonna have so much fun in that thing, right? It's gonna be so raw and so pure, and it's like an extension of your creation, this piece of art, right? Everybody can appreciate that who is really into cars, right? But it was more than just an influence for you too, as far as a, a passion, because it kind of changed your life a bit. You tell us a story, or I remember you telling me a story about you getting in an NSX for the first time and what that led you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Henry Kosai, who's a friend of mine, had bar none, the sickest, at one point in time, the sickest NSX in this region of the United States. Like, unbelievable, right? This car was built years ago. Sorcery wide body, ultra rare, bespoke one-off parts. He had IKEA uh, sequential shifter. Uh, you know, motor work, all in a, you know, motor work, just really just beautiful build, 
You can go to the archives of Mayday Garage and you can see this build. We did a full spread on it, it's incredible. When I sat in his car for the first time, at that time I weighed damn near 300 pounds. It was crazy, right? If you look at me now, obviously don't weigh 300 pounds, okay? It inspired me, right? When I sat in this car, I said, holy shit, I cannot fit in this NSX. And this is my, this is my first achievement car. Like I have to have an NSX and if I can't fit in an NSX, I gotta do something about this, right? So I decided to lose a little bit of weight and uh, I lost a lot of weight, I lost about 100 pounds. And, uh, and when the opportunity was right, I was able to buy an NSX. And it was, it was, it was really weird because you know, everybody talks about losing weight, right? And you know, everybody has a reason to lose weight. And I had a reason to lose weight, right? You know, I mean, it was 300 pounds, I'm only you know, five foot nine. And you know, I was clearly out of shape. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was not, not in very good shape, right? And uh, the one thing that pushed me over the top is like, at the time, I mean, I've been looking at NSXs since I was a little kid, you know? And it's, it's just a beautiful piece of machinery. And I always wanted one and I always talked about getting one. And you could talk to all the ricers that have been around me forever. You know, they'd be like, oh yeah, don't talk about getting an NSX. You know, I'd always be talking about it, always be talking about it. I'd see one, I'd be like, God, boom. You know, every single time. I'll never forget when I was throwing my very first meets at T-Works. There was a shop around at the time called Autologic, right? Um, they'd roll up NSX's deep, super raw, techno magnesio wheels, all like ripped to the bare minimum. Uh, they were super lightweight, all naturally aspirated, you know, mods all running straight pipe. Um, one of the owners at the time, Brad, ironically enough, one of his cars, like one of my first mods I ever got for the NSX was a rear diffuser, Titec rear diffuser, Titec style, right? The reason why I always wanted that diffuser is because Brad, who owned Autologic back then, right? Every single time I'd see him roll up hammered for that Titec diffuser running straight pipe, all business, no bullshit. Every time I saw his car, I was like, damn, I want that thing so bad. We ended up buying bucket seats from him like six months ago. It was like crazy. Turns all the world turned all the way back around. And here I am buying parts from him. A guy who inspired me, inspired a certain style of my build. Henry Kosai. I couldn't fit in his NSX. Ended up losing the weight. I ended up having an opportunity, you know, to buy an NSX. I buy the NSX, right? And here we are. I mean, it's, it's just madness, man, right? And we're all sitting here today talking and we're friends and and we're networking with each other and helping each other grow. Why? All because of cards. It's incredible, right? Joey Lee from the Chronicles, Sticky Diljo writes about this all the time. Like just this, this, this networking in this mesh, right? Shameless plug, not really shameless plug. Everybody that even listens to this podcast, if they're, if they're even listening to me talk right now, you have to follow the Chronicles. Joey Lee is a critical part to the industry because he he, he literally chronicles what's going on and that's his passion and it is just brilliant. I mean, I like follow it religiously. And you can find all his books and all his stuff in every single one of my restaurants. So anyway, um, but yeah, it's just, he writes about just this, this, this web, this, this connecting element, right? You know, I, that brings everybody together because car dudes are unique, man, right? Like car dudes are unique and, and, and they're kind of like cooks too, right? Because cooks and, and people in the food industry are kind of like socially awkward too. Like if you throw them in like an, a typical like office environment, they don't last very long. And it's the same thing with car dudes too, right? Though like a car dude or a wrench in a normal office environment, he's not having it. He's not going to do it well, right? And even enthusiasts, 
in normal office environments, you know the whole entire time they're thinking about what parts to go and mm -hmm. look at online, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh shit, you know, like texting everybody, like, oh man, did you see the diffuser you got on this car? Or like, damn, you see those T37s on that car? Or like, oh man, see Michelle in the office? Those rims are terrible on our Camry. You know what I mean? Like, right? So, uh, so yeah, just, it's, just, it's amazing how the industry has bonded us together. And I think that's why I've been in it for so long. And it's so special. I mean, if you look over there, right there in the restaurant, no one could see anything in this podcast, but over there is Matthew Pack. And Matthew Pack is another restaurateur here in Houston. And he owns a, a very popular burger restaurant, started as, uh, started as food trucks, and it's called uh, The Burger Joint. And he came up to me two and a half years ago, and he's like, John, I'm at a point where I can build a car. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. I was like, well, what kind, of, what kind of car do you want? He was like, man, I'm from the Northeast. I always wanted a Bug Eye Subaru STI. And I was like, oh shit, I know where this is going, right? And he was like, but I'm, I, I can't, I can't, I can't get an old used one. I gotta get a new one. We, he, I almost talked to him, he almost bought an old built Subaru STI from Tito. You guys know Tito, yep. Tito STI, yep. right? Yeah. He had a, he had a daily one. That Hawkeye, was like, White Hawkeye? Yeah, the White yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, he yeah, almost yeah. bought it, he almost bought it. But he ended up buying a new STI. Yep. Guess what happened? Goes and gets a Cobb access port. Does downpipe. Does exhaust. He's like making pretty good power. And then he's like, it's not enough. He comes up to me. He's like, John, what should I do? And I was like, look, Matt, this is your daily. Please just keep it BPU. Two weeks later, he is shelled out for a full build from Cosmic, right? Now he's in. He's going for like 500 horsepower, right? And then, you know, like now he has another crate motor in there. Like, He's doing big power now. And now look, he's here with Donnie because he bought a, an EK hatch and they're doing a B18 turbo and a hatch, right? It's crazy. And there's another friend of mine in restaurant business. We're not only connected by being restaurateurs, but we're connected by cars. And it just, it goes deep. It's like this, it's this infinite, <laughs> infinite wormhole, man. It's incredible. And it's gonna connect us all until we die. If you're in it for this yeah. long, you're never, you're never turning back, man. We're car dudes for life. And that's what I kind of want to end on because I wanted to ask you too, yeah. like, are we a little bit crazy? And I mentioned that because I remember hearing you said that you took out a student loan to build a car. Yeah. Ridiculous. And because yeah. I know all about student loans. Yeah. We got guys here in Houston that are, that are breaking the law regularly, right? And are driving around cars that everyone knows damn well should not be here. Yeah. They definitely should not be here. And they risk federal prison time, but because it's a car. A yeah. car that everybody wants. Yeah. And we do this because of cars. And they're just cars. But so, like, what, what makes us this way? What do you think makes us this way? So, I heard someone talking about this. This is pretty interesting. I heard this on a podcast, right? And I, it had nothing to do with cars, but it just happened to be that this person I was listening to briefly dropped something about cars. I think it was talking about liberation and freedom or whatever, blah, 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 blah. The reason why we're so into cars, right, is because when we were growing up, your car is your first extension of freedom. Does that make sense? So like the first time you're able to break away, go to the movies by yourself, right? Go take your girl out, girl out, right? Go get laid, right? Because you have nowhere else to go, right? Except your car, right? You know, like it's all in your car, right? Now, people love cars because it's an extension of that freedom. Now, where's the tipping point where we become tuners, right? right? This is this is like a really weird one. This has to do with, this could be, I mean, I think this has to do with part of your upbringing, 
right? I think this is something that either some influence from your parents or maybe, you know, one Christmas your mom gave you a car catalog and for some reason you were just super attracted to like, I don't know, red lines at the time or, you know, I, I don't know, it could have been a TV show that you're super into or it could just be ego. You just like to go fast, you know, or you grew up karting or whatever it is. Who knows? Like, I don't have necessarily the answer to what drives people into that. But all I know is that when you're in it, right, and you're committed and you find other like-minded ind individuals, just like any other hobby and just like any other passion, right, that takes serious commitment, just like food, just like music, just like, you know, just like cars, right? Cars take serious commitment, right? When you go out and you spend nine grand on a fully built transmission and that could be someone's down payment for a house or you do a full build that costs like, you know, 24, 30 grand, right? And people are like, yo, I could have bought a brand new car for that and all you got was a motor, right? There aren't very many people on the face of the planet that can relate to that. And I'm talking, this is cheap change, right? Let's talk about real racing. You know, people out there spending two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a million dollar on their on their builds, right? You know, people talk about drift drift budgets for Formula D being in the several hundreds of thousands of dollars and you know drift is one of the cheaper versions of automotive sport, right? Formula one, multi-million dollar budgets. Like you can only fathom, right? And all of this like links all of us together. It's uh it's it's pretty wild. I so my first philosophy on how you get into cars, your first extension of freedom. What binds us together is the extreme commitment of tuning, right? How we got into tuning, I don't know. Every time I get in my car, I think I'm jumping into a Gundam unit. The nickname of, the nickname of uh, my NSX is uh, Zero, AKA Type Zero, which is an extension of the anime uh, Eureka 7, right? And uh, you know, Eureka 7, there was Nervash, right? And Nervash was the name of my Lexus GS. Right? And Nervash Type 0 is the NSX, right? And then the next level up from that, who knows? But every single time I jump into zero, it's like I talk to him, right? Him, her, gender neutral, right? Uh, you know, because it's a machine, but it's like an extension of me. Like the NSX is an extension of me. So when I'm doing my build now, which is this high compression J series, you know, with ITVs that, you know, a lot of the parts are one off, that to a lot of people, it would make no sense, you know, like why spend that money? Why do that style in a 400 to 420 wheel horsepower in a build for an NSX? It's just my style, man. It's like an extension of the experience that I want to have, right? And I think people that really get that are Japanese, right? That make these cars who kind of really, you know, are super just masters of these like unique bespoke hobbies and traits, right? That really are, are get around our cars. And I say the Japanese, I mean, Actually, American and lowrider and classic car builders are the exact same. So really, it doesn't really pertain to any culture. It just pertains to all tuners in general, right? Uh, that just can appreciate the craft and, and art. You're almost like an artist, right? Yep. Just don't sell out, right? Just build to your spec. Don't care what other people think, man. Well, John, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank yeah. you very much for doing this. Thank you for the Rice Box, for Ricer Wednesdays, yeah. for being a part of Houston history. Yeah, man, we could definitely yeah. do this. Just again, Houston, night night. Houston car, car, import car history. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, for sure. Thank you guys for your time.